0: Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Great Wizard Bukake, your host! An envoy and his entourage have been massacred. Butthole debated resurrecting the envoy before discovering the body didn't have a soul. Quinny is taking a quick rest before seducing Vinton Charlemagne, and Juniper is on her way to a crime scene while dreaming of paint night. Can our heroes determine who carried out these massacres? Find out next on tom and dragons
1: the situation with longodon geese has only gotten more complicated with the unfortunate news that uh, the envoys additional troops the the support staff that were waiting kind of outside the city that some of the conspirators refer to have been found dead uh, Reginald and Juniper, you've just discovered this news. you just come up with a cool plan, only to immediately have that plan thrown on its ass uh, by this uh, surprise discovery. Reginald, you just concluded uh, that this is the, the work of a warlock in your uh, impeccable uh, Dom Deloise detective accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quinny, you had just headed off uh, after uh, requisitioning a fuck harness to... Uh, go and see what the Honeypot situation was uh, to try and figure out more about uh, Vinton Charlemagne and her whereabouts uh, during Geese's assassination. Yeah, I got to uh, rest up. I got to do a warlock short rest just to be. That's right. Yeah, max yeah, yeah. Take, spell effectiveness. Take a quick snooze. Yeah. We also have uh, who's who's going to go talk to Queenie? I believe that was or to uh, Bucky. I believe Reginald, that
0: was. So well, Reginald was going to go talk to Bucky. Juniper was going to the crime scene. Butthole yep. was going to talk to a mysterious someone. And Quinny, yes, sleeping it off before he goes and gets down. Goes to
1: sleep it on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I mean by that. Sex lights. How switch. does sex work? <laughs> there was a puppet show about it several seasons ago, Tyler. Just got to go back and re-listen to it. It's got all the answers you need.
2: Yeah, ask Butthole to describe it to you based yeah.
1: on You remember what show. I explained to you? Could you explain it back to me? I broke yeah, telephone a telephone over several years. I mean, look, broken telephone is known for its accuracy and ability to convey information correctly. So, yes, I see no, I see absolutely no downside to this. Yeah. Um, Reginald and Juniper, this news had just arrived from um, one of the uh, hammers that uh, Reginald had sent out into the woods to go check on this party. We didn't really yeah. deal too much with the aftermath of that. You had plans previously. Have your plans changed? And if so, what would you like to do?
2: Uh, Juniper is absolutely going to, uh, go to the crime scene of all the dead Damarans. Great. Uh.
0: Yeah. Reginald's plan to be talk to Bucky. He's realized he needs to leave a letter for Quinny to explain this when Quinny wakes up and then theoretically to join at the crime scene, but it may already be dealt with by the time he's there. Okay. Great. So let's, I guess,
1: start with Quinny. You can just go take your rest. That's fine. Uh, we'll say that's what you're doing. It could take some time for Juniper to get to the crime scene. So it seems to me that it makes the most sense to actually start with Reginald and Bucky, given that that Bucky is downstairs. It's a much easier place to find him. So we'll handle that. And then Juniper we, we can,
2: is on the way.
1: That's right. Um, making tracks. Uh, and Ryan, Butthole is off to speak to a mysterious someone. I have no memory of this. Please tell me what's going on.
0: Butthole <laughs> just said he was going to talk to someone, and he didn't tell anyone who, because Butthole needs a magical expert on magical spells that could remove a person's soul, which means he needs to speak to Fallon Pink Blossom, oh, the strongest bad. wizard he knows. Excellent.
1: A plus. No notes. So... Reginald, you make your way downstairs. You leave your letter for Quinny. I assume that's just an explanation of what we literally just saw happen, so... Uh,
0: that and one thing he wanted to point out tactically for Quinny, but yes. Uh,
1: okay, do you want to just say that when Quinny reads the letter, or do you want to tell us now?
0: I'm happy to do that when he reads the letter. I think that's fun. Great. Continue <laughs>
1: your time-honored tradition Yay! of characters leaving notes, and yeah. then the actor having to read said note later. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so... Reginald, you make your way back down through your trauma elevator, uh, ignoring what you had to do in said elevator. But I don't know if Benoit Blanc, Reginald... I mean, although I was going to (laughs) say that maybe Benoit Blanc, Reginald is too focused to notice. But on the other hand, you're very good at crime scenes. And this elevator continues to be a crime scene.
0: He's smart. He sees it. But it's also an elevator. It's also an elevator of (laughs) Victorious.
1: Great. You take the victory elevator down to the ground floor. I could still
0: taste the head in my memories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so off you go uh, out of the Black Palace and uh, out to the uh, parade grounds. Now, Bucky, you were previously in the stands. You'd saved a spot for Long On Geese. You'd had some conversations with Ginny and some other folks. Do you think Bucky would still be there or would Bucky be out in the crowd living it up on this celebratory day?
3: Uh... Are there still fireworks to watch, or is that all done?
1: I think the fireworks would be done now. So I think we're now into the realm of it's a celebration. It's kind of a street festival vibe. So people are chatting, having conversations. Uh, You're seeing – this seems like it would be a very good bucky bait, honestly. You're seeing a whole bunch of folks from Akah who have never really had a chance – to speak about artistic things or relax a bit, start to have those conversations with each other. It's a little bit like finding out that someone has a party trick that just completely blows your mind. Hmm. So you're seeing soldiers show each other that one of them is really good at juggling, and there's someone who can do handstands, and there's a bit of a, oh, now that the war is over, we can actually just talk to each other like humans. And that's an interest, and I mean, all the various ancestries of... Faerun, that was just a purely Tom in our world way. But um, just getting to know each other a little bit in a way that isn't, who's got my back in the war, but who, who are you really? What do you think about? What's of interest to you? As well as, of course, some of the delegates from other groups, not necessarily the delegates themselves, but some people from their train, from their retinues, that sort of thing, are mingling with the crowd. They're enjoying themselves as well. There's a general sense of kind of after the parade when everyone just kind of moves together into a mass and has a big street party and a big celebration
3: well that all sounds real nice however i believe deep down inside i know what bucky would be doing bucky would have procured one of those uh dust pans on a hinge at the end of a broom handle and then also just a broom and he'd just be tidying up these parade grounds (laughs) he'd be sweeping up food refuse and things like that but also this is a cod we just really started to turn the place around he's probably sweeping up some skulls you know just stuff that's out there sweeping it up everything's gonna have a place when he's done
1: i love that can i have an investigation (laughs) check from bucky I think I'd say probably at a plus five because you do this a lot and it'll give you advantage to okay. see how well you clean up. What are you missing? Uh-huh. Are there little crumpled papers rolling like tumbleweeds that you just missed or is, uh-huh. is he really on it? So it's a 23. Oh, damn. <laughs> you are cleaning the hell out of these grounds. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where people don't even notice. It's almost mm-hmm. an elves in the shoemaker situation where they just turn around and... <laughs> No trash, where there was trash before. Uh, And as is always the way with incredibly capable landscaping or sanitation folks, absolutely no one giving you the respect you deserve for it, just turn around and be like, great, now I have a spot I can throw my cup. Uh, So busy day for for Bucky, but an enjoyable one. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for Bucky, uh, because I think discovering... That this is a need and getting to execute on it in uh, at such a scale and in such a, a situation is a very Bucky friendly thing. Okay, Bucky, inspiration. Thank you very much. You are we
3: welcome. Keep talking about how I'm not going to need a character sheet. I think we're starting to veer into oh, i deeply, might need a character deeply.
1: Sheet. i meant to tell you that before we we recorded today and i didn't so i'm just going to keep giving you random stats to add to numbers that seem about right in this particular have, case how good is <laughs> i, I mean, have also, an old character sheet on hand to be fair 5e doesn't have a how good are you at cleaning up after the parade stat yet. skill issue that's what i say uh fair enough all right well yeah please do feel free to refer to your old bucky sheet if you want okay i feel
2: Um, like for bucky that would be like a medicine check like i feel like that's the way he would it's
0: the medicine of the kingdom yeah it's just a charisma check all right this (laughs) is
3: going to be a pdf instead of the character sheet but this is a level 10 bucky that we're looking at
0: after <laughs> Bucky's work, this might, these might be great grounds instead of fair grounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for picking up that thread and finding a way to cap my incredibly silly way of describing <laughs> the situation from last episode. Amazing. Okay, so this is good for Bucky. Unfortunately, it is bad for Reginald because Reginald, it means that Bucky is not in the places you'd expect him to be necessarily. Also, I don't think Reginald knows Bucky that well. I suspect for Butthole, it would be very easy to know, go find him. But I don't know. You spent a lot of time with Bucky at the the castle, so maybe, I maybe mean, you do know. Do you think Reginald would, would be able to clue into that immediately?
0: Reginald loves sending people to do chores for him because he likes to minimize his own workload. And it feels like Bucky, the man with two breakfasts, would be the man that might actually be able to have helped him clean things. He also wouldn't let him near anything important. So he'd <laughs> know him to see him. He's also a dragonborn, so it feels like he stands out in depending crowds, but it's not like they're best friends or anything.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean as a you wouldn't recognize him, just that you wouldn't immediately think, I don't know where Bucky is. Oh, I bet he's cleaning up.
0: Uh, Correct. I don't think he would immediately (laughs) jump to outdoor janitorial staff. Okay, so
1: (laughs) hmm. my inclination would be to say this is a perception check to spot him in the crowd. However... You are somewhat enhanced with the investigatory skills right now. So you're telling the truth, sir. If you want to go with investigation to solve the mystery Uh, of where is the guy you're looking for. Where has
0: the ambassador gone? I will find him out in these great grounds of ours. (laughs) It's a dirty (laughs) twenty. Yeah, there's there's only
1: one dragonborn in the crowd who is not celebrating and making revels, but is instead just mopping up stuff. You just through the crowd see glimpses of blue and are able to make your way through to find Ucky mid-sweep.
0: This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot.
4: No, no, your eyes don't deceive you. You are indeed in the presence of the beautiful, glorious Cormium Plantier of Dum Dums and Dragons. And yes it is good to spend time with true greatness, is it not? Not like those dum-dums and their heartwarming and hilarious adventures. No, better to spend time with someone like me, who is vain and self-absorbed. Of course, if you wanted to sink to their level, you could go to patreon.com slash dice, that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and help support their adventures for as little as a dollar a month, which would gain you infinite access to our fans-only discord where you can talk to other fans about all the adventures the dum-dums are going on you can add characters to our world you can even create your own at the $25 level and get your name in the credits but you don't want to do that wouldn't you rather stay here and listen to me talk about me
0: Excuse me,
3: Sir Ambassador uh hi, how can I oh, oh, it's Mr. Reginald.
0: i I didn't recognize your voice, sir. Yes, I done, made some changes, got myself all smarted up. Uh, I'm going to need to get you to step into some quiet, private area with me to exchange information. Oh well, we are outside right now, sir. uh where would you like to go? Back to the castle, perhaps. okay. And so there's this walk of him, Reginald, being smart enough not to have a conversation about anything serious with Bucky in a public space. Just yeah. be like, so how's y'all night? How'd you enjoy the fireworks, son? Oh,
3: oh I, I had a great time. The fireworks were beautiful. My favorite part. Bucky's just uh, walking along, still like sweeping things up as they come across his path, mm-hmm. sweeping him into his excellent. dustpan.
0: Did Did you have nice conversations with uh with anybody on the stands with you?
3: I was going to have a chat with Longadon Geese. He asked me to save him a spot. Uh, I, I did, but he he never came. I did talk to Ginny for a while, though. Ginny Brownbarrel. Oh,
0: She's that's, nice. That's good. She's quite talented. Uh, and then they just pass across the, the moat. Then they're into the palace grounds. <laughs> just another second. We got to get to a private room before I, I find out more information from you. You take the elevator of victory up. And then he gets you into <laughs> to a side room. And he's like, all right, so... Uh, you were waiting for Don Geese. You done talked to that gentleman <laughs> for uh-huh. the fireworks, sir. I did. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. He seemed like he really needed a friend. Yeah, that sounds accurate to moi. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, join this uh, Mr. Geese out on the field or, or did you see him in his room before you went out? I spoke to him in his quarters. And when's about was that?
3: Oh, certainly before we all left for the parade grounds. Uh, uh, I still had a bunch of running around to do, but he was one of the people I was told to speak to as, as an ambassador.
0: Uh, King Butthole told me to do it. Yes, yes. So, so he never left his quarters, but you talked to other people afore you left? Uh,
3: I don't remember. I think he was actually the last one I spoke to before leaving.
0: All right, that's useful information. Now, when you were talking to any of the other envoys as you went around, did you learn anything important about any of them?
3: Oh, yes, uh, a few things. Um, should I be telling you or telling the king or, or telling Mr. Quinney?
0: Uh, you should be telling all three of us, but I'm here right now, so why don't you tell me first? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, um, Fallenmeyer has a uh, Harper
3: seal uh, and doesn't want anyone to know about it. Um <laughs> Oh, I offered to pretend that I hadn't seen it. And so she accepted. So I've been pretending, but uh, there, there you go.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for telling me. Uh, so she believes you aren't going to tell anybody about this y'all symbol.
3: Oh, oh, gosh. I hope I didn't mislead her. No, she just she just said it would be bad if for her if people found out. And I said, I understand, but I didn't say I wouldn't. I didn't say I wouldn't tell my, my king.
0: That makes sense, son. You've done a good job. Did you learn any other massive secrets about any other envoy? boy?
3: Mm, well, uh, I don't know about massive secrets. Uh, I do recall speaking with uh, Prickadillus for Carlson of uh, Mithril Hall. Um, <laughs> he and I had a good long chat, and I, I think he really worked through some trauma about uh, Mudbud and, 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 and his kingdom. Uh, I think he really he's really come around on them. <laughs>
0: all right none of this is really what i expected but it's good to know so in terms of the conversation you done had with longadong geese (laughs) what did you two talk about why did he need some friends did you think he was in danger sir he
3: seemed to be under the impression that he and his people were under constant threat from the warlocks Uh, he was quite convinced that they it was him or them and i uh, didn't quite see it that way. I kind of kept asking him questions about, you know, how he felt and how that made him feel and how frustrating that must be, but if that was really the case, um, uh, I, I I'm not so sure. He seems, he's, he's safe here in the
0: castle. Did he talk about any aggression towards those Dun Warlocks?
3: Uh, and this is me trying to remember. Uh, I think he talked about uh, uh again with that us or Them kind of attitude of just it had he had to preempt some aggression that would come upon him and his countrymen
0: all right all right this is good for me to know uh, on the scale of things so we done got some secrets about uh, <laughs> fallan my pink blossom and longadong geese is his own man well thank one, you
1: bucky one piece i would add uh, that you would be able to convey bucky is that he was pretty desperate to remerge the two nations with their Damara on top and Vassar just kind of plugged back in. He wanted to return to Bloodstone was a big thing that he was Thank you. He was interested in. Yeah. Thank you very much.
3: Uh, oh, I just remembered something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, son. Uh, more, more specifically, uh, Mr. Geese was very keen to have the two split nations uh, come back together. Uh, apparently that's the way they were way back when, historically, and he would like uh, Damara to be on top. Damara to be the the, the kind of, uh, the group from Damara, I guess, to be the ones that control both nations under one new border.
0: Okie Well, thank you, son. Uh, I'm going to leave you to, to your rest. Uh, I got some stately business to be about. Uh, okay. Uh, where am I right now? You're on about the fifth floor in an empty room. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can go make myself useful somewhere. I'm, it's it's kind of late, son. Don't you just want to go to a party or perhaps go to bed?
3: Oh, I uh, I just grabbed breakfast and then went to the fireworks show. I'm kind of just starting my second day up.
0: <laughs> Wait, son, when you say second day, what does that mean? Oh, I, I try to cram two days into one day. How? Do you have some kind of time magic,
3: son? No, I just sleep uh, a little bit uh, for about four hours, and then I eat a meal, and then I do a bunch of chores and help out where I can, and then I'll sleep again for a little bit and then have another meal and just kind of do that uh, um, uh, uh, twice every day. So it's like
0: two days. (laughs) Son, that's just called having breakfast, having a siesta, and then done having dinner. Also, I fear you are a workaholic. You should be taking breaks and some you time. What is a siesta, Mr. Reginald? A siesta is is a midday nap that you can follow up with a dinner and other nighttime activities so you can stay lively into the late hours. That does sound a lot like what I do. Yeah, so listen, (laughs) everything about your system makes sense, except if you're only having two meals a day, the second one ain't also breakfast. Can it be? Like if I like breakfast? Well, do you mean spiritually, as in, is it technically also a breakfast or is it a dinner made up of breakfast foods? I'm a smart, learned man, so I know the (laughs) difference between things. Oh, yes, I, I know you're smart. That's why I want to make sure I'm not breaking any rules. Oh, no, son. I'm trying to get you to chill the fuck out. And instead, you're totally focused on doing useful. Sometimes you just got to be yourself. You got to take some some bucket time. I, I am being myself. I think. All right. You're doing great, son. Fuck it. I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, and uh, a smart man knows when he can't win. And he leaves. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Red to leave Quinny another note.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you leave the note for Quinny and Reginald, you are headed out next to.
0: Uh, Theoretically he would go to the crime scene, but as time goes on, it would always be like what's happening around the castle. Like the crime scene seems useful, but
1: understood. Okay. So going to catch up with Juniper, let's catch up with Juniper ourselves. Juniper, you've arrived outside the wall at the crime scene. There are a number of hammerers who've kind of set up a perimeter. Very, CSI, David Fincher (laughs) style, you know, there's the, the yellow rope situation. It's not a plastic thing that says do not cross because of course it isn't, but they've kind of quarantined off the area. They're standing guard. The good news is because this is outside the city walls beyond kind of the burnt out area directly around a to make sure no one can, you know, burn them wood their way right up to the wall. There's still undergrowth and desert brush and scrub and that sort of thing. Uh, So they are surrounded uh, a small area of that that's a bit thicker that clearly could conceal a small group. You know, it's not like this was a full army or an invasion force. It was really just the retainers you would have honestly expected Languedon to arrive with. They were seemingly kitted out for speed, which makes sense given that Languedon was late and yeah. seemingly didn't quite understand what was going on. So these horses are lean, full muscle, built for speed, built for quick distances, likely not the horses they left on kind of thing, uh, likely swapped in along the way. Uh, but uh, that doesn't really matter right now because they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, all of the, uh, the the folks who were here horses are in... Horses too? Yeah. yeah every, the entire area has been decimated. So this was a very... It, it, definitely a massacre situation. Um, you can see, even just as you approach, there's kind of bodies everywhere in, in various states. Yep. Uh, the horses are, are dead. The gear is destroyed. Um, and uh, yeah, the hammerers seem to be preserving the site more than actively investigating it, knowing yep. that they have... They're, they're soldiers. They're not investigators. Unlike CSI where they also carry guns, these folks know that their job is to just guard the thing. But the good news is because you're outside the wall, there aren't people around. It's not like there's a mass crowd at the edges or anything. Yeah. It really is just kind of you and the desert night sky and the sort of hum of the insects and other creatures that are out this late.
2: Okay. Um. I think first off, I'm just going to do a little detect magic. Uh, sure. Just to see if there are any lasting effects on the bodies that were that I can sense if they were magically hit with something. If that's even possible, to have any lasting lasting aura of magic.
1: Yep. Sounds good. So you cast detect magic. Um. Forgive me, Laura. Is this a roll?
2: No, no, no. Um, it's it's literally just like for the duration, uh, like up to 10 minutes, I could sense the presence of magic within 30 feet. If I sense magic, I can see a faint aura around any visible creature or object that bears magic. Cool. Um, And learn its school of, of magic, if any. So I was just hoping like if, a, if something was cast on them that could ha- <laughs> potentially last on an object. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> that it might give me something. I don't know. That's just kind of like a first thing. It's more like Juniper just kind of like going around, placing... Her hands hmm. over the bodies and just, like, s- sensing things.
1: Gotcha. So you cast Detect Magic. You begin to move your way through the crime scene. And you aren't picking up any lingering traces. There doesn't seem okay. to be any current enchantment. You do absolutely see similar blast patterns to what you saw in Long and on Geese's Quarters. Yeah. However, there's no lingering effect of that. It Whatever it was some kind of blast perhaps is done and has occurred. So I think you probably get a, I imagine for detect magic, it's almost like this, the scent of gunpowder in the air where you can tell that there, there was a lot of magic that happened very quickly, but no enchantments that you can see. There doesn't seem to be any magical traps or anything set up. It's purely magical, a a magical attack occurred in addition to what looks like a, a severe degree of physical attacks. But no no lingering magic,
2: okay. Um, in that case, if we're in kind of a thicket, um, juniper is gonna cast speak with animals and hoping that a creature nearby saw something. So she's gonna cast speak with animals and is just going to say, "Hello, Hello. any any creatures out there? Hello. i'm a f- it's just like, I'm a friend.
1: Can you roll hmm. me a nature check? To see if there are animals here, sure. I think we'll just take your role as kind of the determinant Nature's of whether or not animals not were good. present at the scene.
2: Um, I'm I'm going to use an inspiration because this could be really fucking helpful.
3: Sure. Juniper's nature isn't good.
2: Oh fuck. No. Uh, Eleven.
1: Eleven. Okay. I guess it's eight. You certainly hear a, a hum of insects and those sort of cicada style rising and falling hums and and that sort of thing. But unfortunately you don't hear any, any response to your, your plea. It would seem that, and I think Juniper, you would be able to ascertain this pretty easily based on the kind of camp this looks like. And it was a camp that was here for about a day, likely loud enough and disruptive enough that any wildlife would have fled. Okay. And certainly, when the attack occurred, yeah. scary enough to ensure that wildlife didn't return. Damn it! By your estimation, there will be animals here shortly to begin to feast on the the free meal that's just kind of out here now. Yeah. But unfortunately, no, no, no. Dom Deluise, detective squirrel, shows up to give you the scoop.
2: Okay. Is there anyone that I recognize?
1: No. Nope. It's hard to recognize, folks, because there's yeah. a lot well, of... Well, with the missing
2: heads and... Yeah.
1: Uh, missing heads and a lot of, like, deep... Um, and
2: the heads are missing. They're not... Do I, I might see... call
1: for an investigation check. I reference. would
2: like... <laughs> yeah, I want to see them, like, have the heads been taken or are they just off and elsewhere nearby? Sure. Because Longadong Geese's head was just... Gone. Gone, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Blasted off.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, we assume. Yeah. Let's just see. Cause. Well,
1: actually, Laura, I would take a perception or an investigation. I think perception might actually be more appropriate here because it's not like yeah. you're actively tossing the scene. You're literally rolling around, yeah. looking at things.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes. Literally sense.
0: Literally rolling though, you're on your oh. sides, like doing like a worm thing. It's great. Yeah,
3: not in the chair, rolling like rolling like how they roll
0: cookie dough. <laughs> rolling like Adele in the deep. <laughs> Two hammers yeah. are just really getting in there, rolling you around this scene. I rolled a ten. Okay. So, <laughs> looking
1: around, it it is difficult to ascertain oh, exactly what happened to these bodies because they are in a real bad state of of disrepair. I will say, even with a ten, you can tell that it's not as surgical as the attack on Longodon Geese. It's not mm-hmm. a very clear. There are say eight bodies. It's not as though every body is just a headless stump and then a full body. It really is just a lot of lot of teeth and claws and and blast marks. So
2: then I think the last there are kind of two more things that I want to do. Um, I want to basically take like a measurement, like literally take a paper and basically sketch like the measure the shape and size of the claw marks and the teeth marks. If I can see like a bite pattern, um, if that's going to, you know, match a wyvern or something like that. Um, And then the last thing is to search all of like the pockets and bags that are left behind um, to see if there's any sort of uh, record of the uh, attempted violent act against um, Vinton.
1: Okay, interesting. I'm gonna say the time it takes you to do this initial investigation as well as check the make the measurements, which I'm not going to yeah. make you roll for. I think you you've got time. There's no Thanks. pressure on this. To take the measurement of the marks is yeah. fine. I think in that amount of time, Reginald would have been able to catch up to you because he's cool. obviously going quickly. He's a he only has how long does your gem last, Ryan?
0: Its effects will last until your next short or long rest. (laughs) Unless I actively want to flush it from my system. And I do not, sir. (laughs) Understood. I require this wisdom to solve these cases. Juniper, he says, jumping off a horse that's from the palace so it doesn't suck. (laughs) reginald what have you found in this here scene
2: uh i'll be honest not much so far uh no animals around that can tell me what happened i we're i'm i'm, I'm looking at like these bodies look like pretty similar to what happened to Longdon geese hmm. uh, well, I'm it does
0: not look like there's been a murder done. And he reaches up and twirls his mustache and says, let me take a look at this scene. Uh, Tom, he would like to do a combination <laughs> general investigation as a super smart man, uh, and then grim psychometry some of the claw wounds uh, on some mm. of the bodies.
1: Okay. With Juniper's desire to toss the bodies and basically check all the pockets and, and that sort of thing, I'm going to say, although... Mm, I was gonna say that would count as advantage, but I actually think that's a separate thing because Juniper, you're looking specifically to determine if anything about the the Vinton Charlemagne assassination plot is there. Yeah. Whereas it sounds to me like Reginald, you're after what happened to these bodies. Yes. Is that fair to say? That okay. is fair to say. Yes, we'll keep them separate then. That's cool. So Juniper, yeah, like like
2: you- stuff like if notes were passed from Geese, if anything, like the planning of this, if there's any evidence.
1: Understood. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with investigation for you, Juniper.
2: Okay. I'm rolling like shit. That's a nine.
1: Nine. (laughs) Unfortunately, you do not find anything. These are folks who, for lack of better metaphor, seem kind of like smart airport travelers where they have just a bit of change in their pockets, but not much else. There's no – you don't find any – missives or letters or anything they really do just seem to be carrying exactly what they need it
2: makes sense
1: you also yeah. note though even with your your low role, that similar to what you've sort of seen from the horses these folks were not intending to be here very long it really did seem like he's gonna go in vinton charlemagne's gonna get killed and then we need to get the fuck out of here yeah but whatever got them got to them before they could Ooh, reginald Let's see what happens with yours. So great. So you want to split this up into two things, I assume.
0: Yeah, because one is taking in the whole scene and the other is the specific kind of. Yeah. So for the investigation, that is a 28. Well, you don't find anything in their pockets. It doesn't matter how good the role (laughs) is. But
1: yeah, looking at the scene, and I think it's interesting because for you, Reginald, this isn't just... Your smart man, Benoit Blanc piece, this is also guy from The Horde. Mm-hmm. You've seen ambushes before, and this definitely looks like an ambush. The kind of injuries and damage you're seeing look like people who were scattered, running. There wasn't a defensive line set up. Also, these aren't fighters. These seem kind of, on the scale of things, to be roughly highwaymen at best. So probably very good on horses, decent with a bow, good at talking their way out of things. So good 'er ne'er-do-wells, but these aren't heavies. These aren't toughs. And whatever got to them seemed to hit them very hard and and very fast. Um, The wounds are a mix of, with that higher roll, I think we can just safely say Eldritch Blasts, as you saw previously, as well as uh, Tooth and Claw Marks. Uh, With a 28, I can say that they do seem odd to you in that even just at a glance, and your grim psychometry will tell you more, some of the patterns don't quite make sense in terms of what you've seen from the number of people you've seen gored to death by teeth and fangs in in Mm -hmm. Grimdark Faerun. So definitely, even at a glance, it's definitely what killed them, but it's not what you would expect.
0: They were out here in the woods. They were criminals. They were the lowest of the low, ready to take flight into the distance, and that's when the beast came upon them. A beast and a warlock, coming forth with the blasts, with the fangs and the claws. They killed them all. They killed them all. It was a massacre. They screamed, tried to escape into the woods, and then they just died. They died ugly. They died hard. They died strangely. Something with these teeth and fangs is wrong. This is my design. And he (laughs) kneels down and uses grim psychometry to try to understand these murders. This
2: is my design. Benoit Faro,
1: Will Graham, uh,
0: DeLuise,
1: reaches down into the bite wounds.
0: That's a 27 on the history check for the bite wounds. Okay.
1: Interestingly, this hits you harder than you were expecting it to as you you sort of reach... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reginald? There we go. So yes, Reginald. This usually when you're looking at this sort of thing, if you were doing grim psychometry on a body which we've determined are objects because of weird loopholes, <laughs> you wouldn't get much from a bite, for instance, because the bite is a living creature and it would be difficult to ascertain this. In your case, though, you get very kind of clear images of of uh, of sort of bite patterns of of jagged teeth. So looking, it's a very high roll. The The tooth patterns, as you dig your hands through them but also think through it, don't actually match what teeth should be. There's big teeth and small teeth in kind of an odd order. As you're looking through it, you can also start to note that the angles are inconsistent with bites. In some cases, it's almost crisscrossed, which would seem impossible unless something was tossing during the Jurassic Park water Dinosaur from Jurassic World tossing someone in the air and repeatedly biting them. Similarly, the claw patterns don't... You're not seeing wolverine snicked, snicked marks. You're instead seeing tracks of claws, but in odd angles and at odd directions. Just generally, directionally, all of these wounds don't make any sense to you, as well as the the depth and nature of them, as well as how much of the body is left based on bites and claws and that combination where occasionally you're seeing crisscrosses of bites and claws, which seems anatomically impossible.
0: Yeah, so he's he's seeing the vision of these strikes, because the group's like how much you can give that, and like the angles being odd, and like they don't math up when he sees all the strikes in a row, it's from some kind of impossible monster. <sighs> oh, oh. Juniper, I done see some strange <laughs> things on this crime scene. These fangs and claws, they ain't right, Juniper. They ain't right. They come with the wrong kind of teeth. They come from impossible angles. They combine claws and teeth and there's too much body left and not enough teeth and too many teeth and not enough claws and not enough arms. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with this Hyah scene in that I I don't think the claws and fangs came from some kind of creature. It may have been done to the bodies after death. It may have been done to make it appear like there is a creature. I don't want to jump to conclusions that I tell you, because that way it could spur on how you see this here scene. So I'm going to keep my conclusions to myself, but just know that I'm jumping to them, Juniper. I'm <laughs> jumping with my whole body and all of my might. I got a theory on what happened here that I think could turn this whole thing upside down. What do you think is happening? That- Honestly,
2: Reginald, I got very little from this, but are you thinking weird, like, attacks from another dimension, or or, or do you mean someone staged this?
1: One thing I can give you is that the marks that you took, the measurements, do sync up with wyvern teeth and claws, which I honestly think Juniper would just probably have a record of in one of your many traveling books from, from your journeys, but... I'll leave that in, in your head okay. as you ask your question.
2: I want to know. Tell, tell me, Reginald. Tell you what. your word. Th- you said you had a theory? I
0: don't want to influence your information or what you understand.
2: Okay. Um.
0: Well, if you were to look at this, your evidence, and you were to think about what I told you, in combination with everything else, what would be your theory, Juniper?
2: Hmm. Well, given that there are enough people that want war between Damara and Vassar.
0: Particularly, the Damarians, uh, they just want, a, I guess, a peaceful takeover, and the Vassar people want Demara to go the fuck yes. away. Yes,
2: and staging an attack on their own people? Hmm would be probably all they need to attack Masa. So I wouldn't put it, knowing what I know, what I've learned about Longodon geese and...
0: Queen Del Cassio as Queen Del
2: Casio, yes. I wouldn't put it past them to have killed their own and then taken a wyvern claw or teeth and cut them up themselves afterwards.
0: Interesting. and interesting theory. We don't know who the killer Dunn is. We don't know if the Tamarians <laughs> have themselves some Dunn warlocks. We don't know nothing about that. But in terms of staging this out so it looks like a wyvern Dun did the killing. I think we both just Dun jumped into the same pool, my friend Juniper. We are we are swimming now, swimming in conspiracy.
2: It is a conspiracy.
0: Hopefully Quinny will use uh, what I tell him to do inside his note that I done left him, and it could help us solve some of this here case.
2: Tom, can Juniper kind of look like, go up to the bodies and kind of imagine, imagine herself like holding the top and bottom like teeth, like jaws of a wyvern and like, what that might look like. Does that kind of line up?
1: Um, Can you please roll me?
2: No, I just want to be (laughs) smart about it. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you roll me a, I'm almost inclined to say insight given how you just described it.
2: Yeah, because she is kind of going by like yeah. her own so, sure. kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, and say, and uh, and putting herself into like various sizes of bodies yeah, and to I'll see give you how advantage how on this because might do
1: it. you've lived in enough bodies yeah. and body types, and also uh, you you have been yourself a biting thing, so yeah. you understand the, the the physics of it. So yeah, you can roll with advantage.
0: And in scale of the advantage, I would also say Reginald is assisting because the smartest version of him would be like, oh no, you have to remember the jaw hinges like this. Yes.
2: <laughs> it's a 23.
0: Okay, excellent. Juniper,
1: you're able to ascertain pretty quickly that this is anatomically impossible for a jaw. Even if you were holding jaws and doing this, it isn't consistent. And between what you've been describing and what Reginald has been describing, you're able to determine from kind of the all of the sort of ballistic evidence and kind of strike patterns and mm-hmm. everything else... Uh, this actually looks like martial attacks, and if you were to place a bet, you would say it's likely claws and teeth on a weapon
2: on being oh, used on to like strike. A, like a glaive, but with claws on the end? Or
1: like a bat with or, nails through it. Like, stick a bunch oh, of shit. teeth through uh, And you've seen these weapons before. They exist all over Faerun. Um, yeah. Sort of like the big toothed axes and, and things. But yeah, it very much seems like these were martial strikes done with weapons edged with, it's not dissimilar, honestly, from butthole's uh, dinosaur tooth shield, Right, where if you, you know, gored someone with the edge of that, it would look like a a bite, but it wouldn't follow a a consistent pattern. The teeth would be at the wrong angles. And as soon as you have that piece, looking at the kind of the, you know, the inconsistencies of tooth length and everything else, it's very clear that people made these improvised weapons, but that they aren't consistent with, with bites or claws.
2: Okay. And it, does it look like, am I seeing, like, multiple different patterns, not the same one over and over again? Yes. Reginald?
0: Yes.
2: These were weapons.
0: Well, that doesn't make sense. The care taken to lay out these bodies as though there was a whaver that came through to do an assault alongside these whorlarks. Your theory, my theory, perhaps the truth is becoming more solidified in a moment. There was a force out here in the woods, a force with teeth and claws strapped into their weapons. And they came in and fried all these Dun Demarians till they ain't had no heads no more. What's going on? It's a frame job. Layers within layers. It's an onion of a conspiracy, but an onion that we will shatter like <laughs> glass to guarantee that at the center of this glass onion will be a conspiracy so smart and so unsolvable that we're going to have to solve it ourselves.
1: And we'll see how you do that when Quinny goes to speak to Vinton and Butthole goes to speak to Falmire Pink Blossom next time.
0: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time: Christopher Little, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D and D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn One One Three Eight, Aloraine Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden, Garbo Ape, Locke. Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia Delos Hoodless, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, The Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, Gus Schreider, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, Richard Wright, Brittany Fenwick, Alex Parr, Old Man Mojo, Dragonfly, The Body Barrelers, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable. But who are these mysterious, apron-wearing craftsmen? And what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions.
2: Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason. Starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning. Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Krueger, And Matthew
1: Woodcock as Walter Clay. I just
0: want to go on the
1: record right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.